This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Once again, time for the Buck Baloo Show here on The Fan, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. We are broadcasting live from TPC Sugarloaf for the Mitsubishi Electric Classic, which is just underway here in Duluth. And the rain is already falling. They've suspended play for the moment. But uh, playing meteorologist, folks, uh, looking at the radar, looks like this will be a, a line of showers that will move through Metro Atlanta and Duluth quickly. And by the time the locker room show gets back home, the rain should be done. Should be over for the day. They'll be back playing golf. But uh, great to be here, and uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us today. We are the home of the world champion Braves. A lot of Braves talk coming up. Official sports talk home of the national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Got some Bulldog talk coming up. And if you're listening on the mobile app, that's driven by Beaver Toyota of Coming. Visit beavertoyotaofcoming.com, the fastest and easiest way to shop online. Let them wow you. Smart Speaker, that is sponsored by South Point Financial Services, the mortgage professionals, more at spfs.com. And the 10 o'clock hour. On the Fan is brought to you by the Haug Baron Law Group. If you want to win your personal injury case, go to championshiplaw.com. Got Nernie back at the studio. Road Dog Gillespie and his staff working feverishly here at TPC Sugarloaf. We have three or four umbrellas up for the locker room show and their cast of characters. They're waiting on their limousine to pull up to get him back i guess to Fennerin's house right now though it's time for me to go to work Bucks big take yeah the big take is going to be about my atlanta braves right now it's time to make a move no not me <laughs> the atlanta braves i'm talking about our team woke up this morning with a record of 12 and 15 and six and a half games back of the lousy stinking mets Enough of this nonsense, guys. It's time to make a move, and it needs to start in this homestand. Look, the level of play so far this season has been disappointing coming off that World Series championship where the fan base has been anxious to come out and support this baseball team. They've been packing the house at Truist Park with a little to cheer for. To sum it up, the Braves have won one series out of eight. One. The offense has been stagnant. It's been tough to watch most of the time. Some of the starters have been sus, as I hear the kids saying now. I'm just going to say shaky. It's time to make a move. Up, I'm talking about. And there's your big take today. There's the big take. 
And uh, I just figure, hey, if we start with the Braves, let's go ahead and chop it up. Time to talk Braves. Let's chop it up. Presented by Haug Law Group, your local personal injury attorneys. HaugLawGroup.com. All right, we got Waskari Noah getting the ball tonight. And he'll be making his 25th career start for the Atlanta Braves. Now, he's had two starts this season, and they have not gone very well. In fact, in the two starts, he's gone less than seven total innings. And his ERA is 13.50. Now, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say if Road Dog Gillespie had started two games for the Braves, his ERA would be better than 13 and a half. He'd throw him off with the lack of velocity, I'm guessing. Enoa hit his stride opening last season with seven starts. And his ERA through those seven starts a year ago was 2.23. I mean, things were looking good. We were planning on Waskar Enoa. He was looking like he was going to be a part of this rotation for years to come. He was rushing that fastball up there 95-plus. Hard to catch up to that one. The rest of his stuff looked really good. And then he he had a disappointing inning, and he broke his hand slamming it down on the bench. Talk about a knucklehead move. And it's been a struggle ever since. He's not been the same guy since he broke his hand. And, look, everybody knows if you're a right-handed pitcher and if you're going to hit the bench, you use your left hand. You don't use your pitching hand, man. And he has not been the same guy. And I just have to wonder, all right, 25 career starts. Is he running out of time? I mean, let me tell you how it works in Major League Baseball. They give you so many opportunities. And if you don't measure up, you step aside, and you allow the next prospect to get a good look. So it's go time. Go time for Waskari Noah. Need to get this thing figured out quickly. Or your butt might might not be back in AAA. Your butt might be pitching for another organization. I'm just saying. So Waskari Noah, let's get it going tonight. Get this homestand off to a good start. And there you go. That's us chopping it up for you today. We have got a flurry of activity going on here at the Emmy Classic at Sugarloaf. We uh, apparently we've got the uh, caddies were huddled up under the overhang here at the clubhouse, and now they've scattered. Uh, the rain has subsided for the moment. People are putting the umbrellas up, and the uh, the umbrellas here in the south. They are shaking off the golf carts, getting the uh, moisture off of those. And it looks like the guys are getting ready to head on back out. And the uh, tournament really just getting underway. I was doing some show prep for a few minutes in the media center. I was uh, noticing that uh, 75% of the guys had already teed off. It's only like 25% that had yet to get out on the golf course. And... And right now, the leaderboard, Ken Duke, was among the first guys to tee off today. He's three under through eight. Robert Carlson, three under through five. And Kirk Triplett, the man with the bucket hat, three under through five. 
And it's going to soften things up a little bit. They're going to be throwing darts at those pins out on the golf course. And you're probably going to see some lower scores because of the uh, the rain that just just got through falling here at TPC Sugarloaf. And so uh, there we go, man. We're expecting maybe to have a guest on the show today that's related to the Champions Tour. Waiting to hear back. Uh, about that and so we are uh, just in the waiting mode here at TPC Sugarloaf Road Dog what do you know today man how's everything going it's going great we had a good uh, start to the day with the front with the locker room out here in the dark in the dark you had the floodlights on. yeah we had to get the spotlights on them we survived the first round of rain Hopefully the tornadoes and the hail that is forecasted uh, doesn't. That must have hit somewhere else because it came through here well, pretty quickly. It's supposed to come that that those two are supposed to come later in the day. So later in the day. Yeah, we're supposed to get another round. That was just the first the first punch. Are you kidding? Let me pull up the radar here and take a good. My goodness, I don't see another line of thunderstorms coming through. Yeah, have you played meteorologist before? Or did you in the distance right there. Yeah, you I think that you can Nerdy's piping that in back at the studio. Yeah, man, I tell you what, the parking was a little confusing uh, today. I, I pulled up looking for the media lot, and next thing I knew, I was in the caddy lot hanging out with some of the caddies. The caddy van wasn't coming by, and I sort of panicked at that point. You know, it's one of those jobs here as a sports sports talk radio host where you can't just call up and say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm running a little late. I'll be in around 10.15 today. And they say, well, hold on. Your show starts at 10. What are you doing? We saw Coach Rick. He was here earlier. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he was here. He spoke at the uh, FCA breakfast that they had inside. That is awesome. That just, just adjourned. And uh, we got uh, Hudson and I got to speak to him for a few moments before he went in. He is always a pleasant guy to to speak with. He was, he's he's my favorite coach. Your favorite? Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, you know, he didn't. Now Kirby gets different marks for winning the national championship, and uh, and Vince, but um, as a person to person, Coach Rick is one of my favorite coaches. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. There's no doubt about that. All right, so I've already done the Buck Blue Show headline. That was the leaderboard. I was expecting a little more action by now. But uh, that's not to be the case. So we'll come on back, jump into the uh, quarterback club. We're going to take a look at the Falcons draft. I've got another breakdown on another one of their players they picked up in the draft. Got a top five that's golf-related. little uh, Bulldog roundtable. A lot to come here on the Buck Baloo Show. Again, we're live in Duluth at TPC Sugarloaf Champions Tour event. Mitsubishi Electric Classic. Looks like they're heading back to the golf course. More to come on the Baloo Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. 
The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. I'm ready for show on this Friday morning. Hopefully your weekend's off to a good start. We are broadcasting live in Duluth the TPC Sugarloaf for the Mitsubishi Electric Classic Champions Tour event. Looks like the action after a little bit of rain. We're getting back on track here and getting the guys back on the golf course. And that allows me to hit the quarterback club. Shades on in the club. <coughs> A lot of quarterback stories out there. Did you hear about Emory Jones, former Gator quarterback? He's from Metro Atlanta, too, by the way. Former Gator quarterback. He played in 37 games. I bet he started about five, though. Four seasons at Florida, and he is transferring to Arizona State. Played for the Sun Devils. And I would imagine that Herm Edwards... Sold Emory Jones on one thing. Come in here and start immediately. Because I'm sure even Chuck Oliver would tell you that the Sun Devils quarterback room was the weakest in the Pac-12 with Jaden Daniels moving on to LSU. So Herm telling Emory, come on in and be the starter day one, which I'm sure is what Emory Jones wanted to hear. And just a... Uh, little advice to Herm and his offensive staff. They they want to embrace Emory Jones being able to run with the football. Design runs. You know, the RPOs, that kind of stuff. He's not exactly one of those in-the-pocket guys. Uh, big story coming out of the Tuscaloosa area. Reportedly, Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide are moving on from Arch Manning. Huge news. Five-star recruit out of New Orleans, Cooper Manning's son. Guess Alabama is a little thrown by Arch continuing the love on Steve Sarkeesian and Texas, Kirby Smart, and Georgia. No Napier down at Florida is probably working hard on him. But uh, Nick Saban sounds like he's getting a little tired of the process, as he calls it. And they are going after this kid out of Louisiana, quarterback Eli Holstein. Sounds like he's ready to commit to Alabama. So Arch Manning, uh, the chances of him going down to uh, play for Nick Saban and Tuscaloosa, probably not going to happen. Which leaves Texas and Sarkeesian, who are absolutely desperate for a big-time quarterback. It's been a minute for them. They are selling him hard. And then you got Kirby Smart, who's had a lot of success recruiting the five-star quarterbacks. Not exactly successful keeping the five-star quarterbacks. From Fields, Daniels, Vandegrift. Stockton. He's had a slew of them over in Athens. 
Kirby's line is come compete for the job. We're going to go with the best man. And then you got Florida. You got uh, Napier, who was coaching out in Louisiana, trying to get this Florida Gator uh, program turned around. Dan Mullen left him in a mess. He has missed out on the cycle of quarterbacks, this past recruiting class. He might have to hit the transfer portal down at Florida. And Napier working the Mannings hard, trying to get Arch to make a visit down to Gainesville, Florida. A story coming out of Lexington about their quarterback, Will Levis. Got Coach Stoops, the head coach for the Wildcats, quoted as saying he can be the number one quarterback in the upcoming NFL draft, uh, the one next year. Will Levis could be number one, which is quite a statement because we're expecting to see Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback, jump into the draft in 2023. And you got C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State, apparently ready to make the jump after one more year playing with the Buckeyes. Will Levis can be the number one quarterback, Stoop says. You know, I got a chance to see Levis play live and in person in Starkville last season. Mississippi State taking on Kentucky. Kentucky lost 31-17. They turned the ball over way too much in that game. Those cowbells got to him. Levis had three interceptions which was sort of ugly. And then on the other side, Will Rogers was 36 of 39. That's a 92% completion percentage there. I'd say that is uh, top-notch. Sort of overshadowed Will Levis, who, look, Stoops loves the fact that he's a great leader, came in and took over that team a year ago as a transfer. Ultra-competitive guy. Cats went 10-3 and last season. Todd McShay has Levis top 10 pick in next year's draft. Dane Brugler has him as the fifth pick in the draft next year. I'm going to have to see more. Right now, I guess I just, you know, saw him make all those turnovers against Mississippi State. I don't have him rated that high, but I do have my post-spring football SEC quarterback top five. Got Bryce Young, number one. Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee, number two. Stetson Bennett, number three. Will Rogers out of Mississippi State, number four. And Will Levis, number five. And there's your quarterback club today. I like that quarterback club. Talking about those QBs. Shades on in the club. Yeah, you get to put the shades on inside and talk about the quarterbacks. Right now, I want to talk about the Atlanta Falcons, and we have been breaking down the Falcons' draft. Initially, I gave them an F for their draft, and I have uh, upgraded that. If you heard the show yesterday, I upgraded that to a C-plus after further review and throwing in the curve when you look at the other teams around the league and what they did in the draft. So I've elevated that. And since I've been uh, breaking down individually some of the players in the draft that the Falcons took, and today I want to look at Montana State linebacker Troy Anderson. Now remember the Falcons passed on N'Kobe Dean to take Troy Anderson out of Montana State. 
a little bit of a shocker, and I know Nakobe uh, Dean fell because of, you know, the pectoral strain injury where he passed on surgery. Uh, a lot of talk about that coming out of the draft. You know, Nakobe Dean never missed a game at Georgia. Stand-up guy, one of the leaders of the football team, a high-character dude, Nakobe Dean. And when you look at uh, the overall grade, he was the top-rated linebacker in the draft. Uh, pass coverage grade, uh, that he rated out number three among all the linebackers in the draft. Uh, pass rushing linebacker rated out number four. And run defense linebacker was number two. Overall, again, the Kobe Dean number one. So a little disappointed, more than a little bit disappointed when the Falcons passed on the Kobe Dean. And I've been accused of being a Georgia homer. You know, if, you know, I get these uh, listeners that chime in on social media, and they'll say, "Yeah, Baloo, if they don't draft a Georgia guy, then then you're disappointed, you you homer." Yeah, if they don't take an SEC guy, then you're going to rip them. Well, I, you know, I guess that has you know maybe a little bit to do with it, but uh, I'd say less than five percent has something to do with that. Uh, Troy Anderson. Now, a lot of people raving on this guy out of Montana State. So I went and did a deep dive last night into this morning. And this is what I came up with with Troy Anderson. Right now, looking at him is more or less a situational defender. He's raw. I know the upside looks good from some people's seat. He's raw. He's growing. He's developing. This is a former quarterback. He's played a little running back, too, out at Montana State. So, you know, needs more reps at the linebacker spot. I would imagine you got Dean Pease looking at Troy Anderson and the way he ran that 4-4-2-40 at the Combine, and he thinks, you know what? In passing situations, third down, second and long, versus teams that are going to throw it 50 times a game, here's a guy that can get some playing time. Put him at linebacker. And let him show off his pass coverage skills. Now, you know, the word is, the scouting report on him is he's got some catching up to do as far as man-to-man coverage. But in zone coverage, you can plug and play immediately in these passing situations. Now, against the run, when you're out on the field, you might be seeing a little bit of the run game. Now, the, the positive about Troy Anderson, he's a sideline-to-sideline range linebacker. He's, he's going to thrive running down ball carriers from sideline to sideline, chasing from the inside out. As far as the run game goes, uh, being raw, well, you know, they can immediately play him on special teams. And for a guy that, well, they passed on to Kobe Dean, I was expecting a little bit more out of a linebacker than a guy that has upside that can be a cover linebacker that you don't want on the field on running downs, and he's going to contribute initially on special teams. Raw, growing, developing as a linebacker. Now, he's 23 years old, so he's an older rookie as he hits the National Football League. He's a guy that needs to work on his technique. Some of the negatives with Troy Anderson. Because of the inexperience at linebacker, not, not the amount of reps that, say, Nicobe Dean has, he bites on fakes. His eye discipline has to improve. 
His instincts are mid-level. He gets caught up in the trash. And there are some durability concerns. With a knee and both shoulders, he's had problems with. So, you know, the Falcons, they, look, they deserve to be criticized if this pick doesn't work out. Because they passed on the Butkus Award winner in the Kobe Dean. And the Kobe Dean now has a chip on his shoulder because of where he went in the draft. He's going to go to the Philadelphia Eagles. And if the Kobe Dean thrives and becomes the NFL linebacker that I believe he's going to be, for a few years now, you're going to hear the Falcons criticize for passing on Dean and going with Troy Anderson. I give that pick an F. I'd give this one a, a C minus with Troy Anderson. And when you hear a lot of these guys talking about players in the draft, and, and they talk about the strength of Troy Anderson. Man, he can run. Do you see he ran that fofo too? But there's a lot more to play in linebacker than running around. Instinctually, he's got a long way to go. I hope he gets there because, look, the Falcons, well, they're, they're my team. They're my team. Let's do a top five, Nerney, and this is going to be golf-related in honor of being here at the Champions Tour event. The best in college football and the NFL. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one, one. top five yeah we're going to expand it from college football and nfl into the golf world in honor of the mitsubishi electric classic uh did you see what sergio garcia did yesterday at the wells fargo tournament he was frustrated uh, hit his tee shot a little wayward uh, across a, a creek and in the on the pga tour you got three minutes to search for your ball and the three minutes expired, and so he was penalized for that. And then he went off on this official because, look, part of the three minutes he had to spend trying to get over the creek to get to where the ball was. So unfairly was assessed a penalty, and Sergio went off. He was overheard by the microphones on the course saying, and I quote, I can't wait to leave this tour. <clears throat> Obviously, Sergio Garcia has plans to play in the Saudi Golf League. And he won't have to wait long. The first event coming up in the London, England area. Coming up June the 9th. May not be seeing Sergio Garcia on the PGA Tour much anymore. Can't wait to leave this tour. Good riddance, Sergio. Uh, Phil Mickelson in the news. My goodness. $40 million in gambling losses in a five-year period. 2010 to 2014, so 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, five-year period. He lost $40 million gambling. Are you kidding me? This was uh, pointed out in an unauthorized biography. Uh, the book will be released coming out very soon. And to offset those $40 million in reported losses in gambling, Mickelson was involved in some uh, insider trading 
to set off or to offset the losses that he had gambling-wise. And I believe the gentleman that was helping him out with that is spent some time in jail. Uh, he lost Bones as caddy over all this. I guess there was some back pay that filled during that time. Didn't uh, pony up and cut Bones a check, and so Bones ended up moving on. And reports are saying that Mickelson has been paid $30 million up front to be a part of the Saudi Golf League and to get the full payment of the $30 million. He's got to play in all eight events that are coming up. Wow, Phil. Just wow. Uh, the Wells Fargo PGA Tour event, uh, playing the Wells Fargo, got underway yesterday. And Jason Day, 7-under-63, has the first-round lead. And Jason Day, his last win was four years ago. He is currently ranked number 127, 127th in the world. And was, uh, at one time, not too long ago, was one of the top players in the world. And he's gone through a swing change that helped him yesterday when he shot that 63. And the swing change, looking for better, uh, better body movement with sound technical action. And the transition he's making from being uh, throwing a, uh, playing a sling draw to a fade, which is what I play, the fade. And he's trying to be less violent through the ball, had uh, suffered some back injuries that have slowed him down. And Jason Day, uh, swing change is paying off with that 7-under-63 in the first-round lead at the Wells Fargo yesterday. And then finally, are you wondering, have you ever wondered, as far as the PGA Tour and the Champions Tour, the difference in the length of the drive off the tee box? Well, I've got you covered on that if you're wondering about it. Brant Job leads the Champions Tour in driving distance of 295 yards. And the PGA Tour, you got Cameron Champ leads the PGA Tour, average drive of 323 yards. So basically, roughly, you got a 30 yards difference from the Champions Tour player and the PGA Tour player. That's a big it's a big difference, man, 30 yards. And then driving accuracy. Jerry Kelly leads the Champions Tour. He hits 85% of the fairways. Man, what I wouldn't do to hit 85% of the fairways. And the PGA Tour leader, <clears throat> only hitting 72% of the fairways. So the Champions Tour player, they don't hit it as far. They sure put it in that short grass more often than the PGA Tour players. And there's your golf top five today. Golf's top five on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's sports station. New twist to that today. Road Dog gave it the thumbs up, though. Might have to continue with that. That leads us right into the Bulldog Roundtable. Proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25, 20, 45, 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable. 
Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union. How Law Group, Georgia Pack and Load, AAA, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Well, we had four dogs get the deal done. You may have noticed this overnight. Four Georgia Bulldog players, all on the defensive side of the ball, have signed their NFL contracts. And the total of those four contracts, $80 million. Jordan Davis, four years, $17 million guaranteed. Signing bonus of $9.5 million. Devontae Wyatt. Four years, $12.8 million, guaranteed. $6.5 million signing bonus. Quay Walker, four-year contract, $13.8 million, guaranteed. $7.2 million signing bonus. And then Trayvon Walker, who will sign his contract, and we already know what those numbers will be. He will sign a contract in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. Four years, $37 million, a $24.3 million signing bonus. Now, that'll go a long way in Thomaston. And that'll go a long way down in Jacksonville, Florida, too, brother. Unless you're going to get some of that beachfront property. So these guys, uh, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, Trayvon Walker will always be indebted to Kirby Smart and the job he did for them as the head coach and really the heavy-handed defensive coach, getting them to where they are. And I would imagine in the future you're going to see these guys kick back some of this $80 million to the program. They might have the Adam Gillespie parking spot sponsored by Jordan Davis. Now, Road Dog's already parking up front. I don't know how much better it could be for him with that 680 The Fan van over there. But uh, it's just great to see if you're a Bulldog fan, you feel, I'm sure you feel proud for these guys and, and the job that they did in Athens and to see it pay off. This is a dream come true for every one of these guys, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, and Trayvon Walker. And I was on uh, Kincaid's show up in Philadelphia on Monday bragging on Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean and telling them what to expect out of those guys. And then I was on a, a Milwaukee, Wisconsin show Me on Monday afternoon talking about Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker and what to expect these Packer fans, what they should expect out of these two guys. And I told him, man, right now, pull up, get your phone out and search up Devontae Wyatt running the high school 100 meter in a track meet at roughly about 300 pounds. Because that is something, and, and right now, if you have not seen this video, let me encourage you to pull it up right now. Go to Google or what's the other uh, search engine? Uh, Yahoo. Uh, what are you? Yeah, well, you got, you got several. Yeah, you got that too. Actually, yeah. they may not be around anymore. <laughs> so you got you just whatever search engine you use, uh, type in there Devontae Wyatt, school 100-meter race. 
And what you're going to see is unbelievable. And I've, I've watched it like 10 to 20 times, and I'm just in awe every single time. So it's a high school track meet. They're lined up running the 100 meter. And Devontae Wyatt, he's down in that stance, and he's running next to guys that are slim and trim. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about these sprinters that you know from 150 pounds all the way up to 180 pounds, and then you got this big defensive tackle down there at 300 pounds, and he's walking those fast guys down. Man, it looked like he was right there at the finish line. He whipped a lot of those dudes. Uh, you want to talk about a big man that can run? Pull up that video and watch Devontae Wyatt. Uh, Quay Walker, I was just bragging on him about uh, what a, a versatile linebacker that he is. And the thing I really appreciated the most um, the most about Quay Walker is versatility, number one. And then number two was you saw these teams, they would split like the running back would come out of the, the huddle. He'd be lined up next to the quarterback. And then they would shift, and the running back would split out wide in a wide receiver position. And that's where Quay Walker would go all the way out there with that running back. And there were times where in multiple wide receiver positions, he would be split out wide with a wide receiver in front of him and was getting the job done. You don't see many linebackers that have the talent and skill set to get that done. They're going to love Quay Walker up in Green Bay. And there's your Bulldog Roundtable. We'll come back. One more exciting segment today on the Buck Blue Show. Glad you're with us here on Atlanta Sports Station, The Fan, 680 and 93.7. You're listening to the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. And 680 and 93.7, we're broadcasting live today in Duluth at TPC Sugarloaf for the Champions Tour event, the Mitsubishi Electric Classic. Ran into an Alabama fan this week, and this Alabama Crimson Tide football fan was telling me how that natty would have been different if Alabama's wide receivers had been healthy. You know, Jamison Williams and John Mechie. Jamison went down early in the game, didn't come back. Mechie was out and did not play. And I was I was responding saying, oh, really? It would have been different, huh? Because I saw it a different way. You know, I thought the difference in the SEC title game and the national championship game 
was a change in defensive philosophy spearheaded by Kirby Smart down uh, through Dan Lanning, Glenn Schumann, and that defensive staff. It had less to do with the wide receivers for Alabama, the number one guys being dinged up, and more to do with the scheme, the game plan that Georgia had defensively. In the SEC title game, Alabama ran for over 100 yards. Bryce Young didn't get sacked once, and he threw it 44 times. Busted coverages in the secondary for the Bulldogs and some open receivers running around. And what I noticed that particular game was that Georgia predominantly, uh, most all the time in that game, attacked Bryce Young with a three- or four-man rush and never got to him. They didn't even have to wash his uniform. Playing it safe, playing coverage. Bryce Young had all day to throw the football around, and he picked this Bulldog secondary apart. Then in the national championship game, the game plan changed for the Georgia defense. From the first possession to the end of the game, Georgia defensively was rushing five and sometimes six guys getting after Bryce Young. He threw it 57 times in the natty and was sacked four times and threw two interceptions one was the pick six to put it on ice, Keeley Ringo, one of the great plays now in Georgia football history. The coverage was way better. The coverage held up. There were no open receivers running around. So that's what I told this Alabama fan. It was less about your wide receivers being available, and it was more about the aggressive, bold game plan that Kirby brought, Kirby and Dan Lanning brought to the table against Alabama in that rematch. So I wanted to throw that out there. I know there's been a lot of talk, Alabama people pointing this out left and right. We'd only had Jamison Williams and John Mechie. We would have lit the Bulldogs up. And some of these fans so clueless, they weren't aware of the change in the game plan for the Georgia defense. I like that aggressive play on defense. I would much rather, being a former quarterback, would much rather, when I'm pulling for my team, see the defense come after the opposing quarterback. And that was successful for the Bulldogs in the national championship game. That was great to see. Uh, Final word today, a big shout-out to the Kiwanis Club of Marietta, who invited me out to speak to that group yesterday for their luncheon. And do you know they were laughing at my jokes? The humor I had injected into speech number four. And I so appreciated that. Now, I know they may have been a little disappointed that Stetson Bennett didn't show up. And it was, you know, the guy from the first national championship team. But uh, a great pleasure nonetheless. Everybody's so welcoming, so nice. They even bought a couple of books which we appreciate. We're getting close to breaking even, folks. InsideTheHedges.com, you can find it there. That's going to wrap up the Buck Baloo Show for this week. Hope you'll uh, join me next week. we got Nick and Chris coming up next. 
Stick around for that for the entire crew associated with the Blue Show. Road Dog Gillespie, Sean Nerney, Derek Thomas, Jordan D. Armand. Spud Blue saying, "Have a great weekend, everybody." Thank you, Bud. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.